Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I'm here at SLS, the Focus Conference in Phoenix, with over 8,000 young people from all over the country, from all over the world, and I'm inside a 1969 Volkswagen bus where we are having the, the podcast studios here for the conference, and I have a wonderful guest with us, a good friend. You may know him, Father Josh Johnson. Father Johnson uh, is, I first met him when he served at LSU. Yeah. So he, he was on, in campus ministry there at LSU, and they're in the national champions right now. Dude, I know. We won. <laughs> it's so exciting. So we'll be rooting for LSU coming up here, hoping they can pull it off. Uh, but right now, he's serving as a pastor at Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So Cajun blood yeah. all over here. Shout out to the 225, <laughs> the boot. And, uh, but we're going to be talking about a topic that I know many young people here at Focus wonder about. And I get many questions on my podcast. And I'm so excited because I'd say out of the top, every once in a while, I pull my listeners and say, what kind of topics do you want to hear about? And this is one of the top five. What do you do in adoration? So yeah. Father Johnson has a brand new book out. It's called The Pocket Guide to Adoration. And so we know as Catholics that Jesus is really present in the Eucharist. We know that it's his body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's not just a reminder. It's his very real presence. And we can go encounter God. He's right there in our chapels. And many of us have heard about the tradition of going and spending time with Jesus in the chapel, in, in adoration, maybe even for an hour. We call it a holy hour. But what do we do during a holy hour? You know, we show up and I don't know if this ever happens to you, Father. Does your mind ever wander and you oh, kind of get a little distracted and you're wondering, well, I feel a little restless. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my first time encountering Jesus uh, in the sacrament was, was at a youth conference, Steubenville, in adoration. And I fell in love with the Lord, had a very powerful experience in adoration. And I decided after that day, I wanted to go to adoration every single day. And so I went back to my diocese and found a parish that had a perpetual adoration chapel. And I walked in and there was no incense and there was there was no music like they had at Steubenville and there was no flashy lights. It was just Jesus, he and I. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I sit down? Do I kneel? Do I stand? Do I lie prostrate? And then so I decided to kneel down. And when I knelt down, I was in so much pain from kneeling for so long. I was no longer looking at Jesus, but I was focusing on myself now. I was like, what am I doing right now? And, uh, and so I think what I experienced in adoration uh, my first time going is what a lot of people experience. They don't know what to do. They don't know how they're supposed to pray. Are they supposed to read a book? Are they supposed to sit there and look at Jesus? And all these questions um, can sometimes stop us from being able to be present to the present moment in the presence of God in adoration. So that's why I wrote the book, was to help people to enter into the liturgical action of adoring Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. So what would be some of the tips you have? What should we be doing during adoration? The first thing is do not adore ourselves. Uh, one of my favorite books is from a lay mystic. Her name is Gabrielle Bosi. She wrote a book called He and I a long time ago. And in that book, one time God allegedly asked her, he said, Gabrielle, who is your God? You or me? And, and she said, Jesus, of course, you're my God. And Jesus allegedly said to her, if I'm your God, then why do you think about yourself when you pray more than you think about me? So the first thing is, is we need to know who we're talking to and what we're talking about. St. Teresa of Avila, she's a doctor of the church. She says, whenever we pray, we always need to know who we're talking to and what we're talking about. So when we go to adoration, our focus should not be on ourself. We're not supposed to navel gaze for an hour, but we're supposed to reorient our attention to the face of Jesus. 
for 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever it may be, to, to look at him so we can receive his gaze, his love, the grace that he has in store for us in our walk toward eternity. Um, but in order to help us to focus on his face, um, what the saints inspire us to do and what they tell us to do in their writings um, is to, to pray vocal prayers, whether out loud or, or written down in the beginning of our relationship with the Lord. Now, obviously, if you're in Adoration Chapel and there's a bunch of people there, you don't want to pray out loud because that will disturb people, right? Whenever I was uh, in seminary with a seminarian who every time he received communion for his prayer of Thanksgiving, he would come back to the pew and he would be like, Jesus, I love you so much. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I'm like, dude, I love him too. But like, bro, I can't pray with you like talking out loud right now. Can you please like be quiet? So sometimes if we're in an adoration chapel by ourselves, like it's cool to like pray out loud so that we know that we're talking to God right now. When we read the scriptures, read out loud. Fulton Sheen says, always bring the Bible whenever you go to be in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament because the Eucharist is the face of Christ the scriptures are the voice of Christ. So if you're looking at his face, you want to listen to his voice and to make sure that we're not giving into distractions and like going off into la la land, just read the scripture lightly out loud. Again, if people are there, write the scripture down on paper. That way you know who you're talking to and what you're talking about. Let's talk about this. What You mentioned navel gazing. Sometimes mm -hmm. we can go to adoration and we're just focused on self. What are some of the ways we fall into that trap? You know, I, I, I think we live in a, in a culture that's just focused on ourselves outside of prayer. And so the way we live outside of prayer will affect the way that we actually are able to enter into prayer. And so if in our culture, like on our Facebook page, all we write about is ourself and on Instagram, all we post about is ourself and on Twitter, all we tweet about is ourselves. Then when we go to be in relationship with Jesus, the relationship will be focused on ourselves. And so it's really good and helpful to be focused on others outside of prayer so that when we go into prayer, we can focus on the other um, God, the one who's in the chapel with us, sacramentally present in his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, so the way that we prepare beforehand helps us to enter into the actual um, liturgical action of exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. A young person might say, you know, but shouldn't I come and bring my problems to Jesus during adoration? Can I share with him what's going yeah. on in my life? I have this hard time, yeah. this relationship, this person I'm interested in. And can I talk to God about that? Or maybe I'm just worried about like, what's my next step? Should I, yeah. what am I doing after graduation? Can I come and talk to God about that during adoration? Or and we should. Yeah. So we should bring our thoughts, feelings, and desires to the Lord. Um, and so there has to be a, a time, though, of where we share our thoughts, feelings, and desires, everything that's in our heart to then reorienting back to God and not staying on ourselves because we want to listen to God. And so the way we listen to God will be through the scriptures. And that's why we would then begin to read his word so that, that he can be open to speaking to us um, or, or sitting in his presence because there's going to be seasons where he's going to call us to uh, be more meditative with the scriptures like Divina, And there's going to be seasons where he's going to call us to simply gaze, receive his gaze as we gaze on him after we've shared our heart with him because he wants to talk too. It shouldn't be a one-way relationship. And, um, and so if, if I called you and say, hey, Dr. Sri, um, let me tell you about my day. And I start talking and you're like, oh man, that was great. And I say, okay, thanks for listening. Bye. Like that wouldn't be a great relationship. <laughs> You'd probably be like, dude, Father Josh just uses me to talk. Um, you, we want to listen as well. So it's like any relationship you want to share and God wants to share with us too. And so in order to receive from him, we have to be silent and reorient our attention to his face and not stay on ourselves. So that idea of listening, that could be hard sometimes. How, how, what, what advice do you have for how can I listen better in my prayer time? Yeah, so distractions are going to come for all of us, right? Um, even if you've been praying for 20 years, the distractions are always going to be there. And so some practical things that can help you to be more attentive to focusing on his face, to hearing his voice, um, is avoid the near occasion of the cell phone, right? Do not have your cell phone anywhere near you whenever you pray. If you do, like have it on airplane mode at least, because if a text message comes through, we're going to do what? We're going to take our eyes off of God and focus on this immediate message that we were able to perceive from another person. If an email comes through, a phone call comes through, or there's the internet, there's social media, 
media. It's very easy if you have those distractions. So before we even go in the chapel, I encourage people, avoid the near occasion of distraction by avoiding the cell phone. And then when you go in the chapel, have the word of God and read it out loud and apply the tools of Lexio Divina that we learned from Guigo um, to your time of prayer before the Eucharist. So you're saying we have to really just turn the cell phone off or like, put it on airplane mode. Okay, think about this. But but now I won't, I'm, I'm going to miss out on everything going on for one phone, hour, phone Father? Okay. Really? Okay, you, you're married, right, Dr. Sri? Can you imagine on your wedding day as you're like professing your vows before your wife and God and church, if you would have put up your phone, like, hold up, babe, I got to get this text message. Like she would have been so disrespected. She probably would have slapped you, but like, say what, bro? Right, so like you you would never do it to her. If you're driving your car, you wouldn't put your cell phone as you're driving to a destination unless you want to break the law, right? Because if you pull out your cell phone while you're driving, you might not make it to the end that you were created for. Same thing applies with prayer. If we're not gonna bring the cell phone to the most intimate experience of a life, like the sacraments, um, we shouldn't bring them into our prayer as well. Um, you know, sometimes if you've been at like a mass, you know, where the cell phone ring is going off, you know, or I've been in an adoration chapel and all of a sudden you start hearing, Oh dude, it's know, a song. <laughs> all, all these things, you know, it, it, it really, it's also a, a lack of charity to others mm. who are trying mm. to enter into worship. You yes. know, it's one thing like your, your seminarian friend was, was praying out loud. Well, now we got all these buzzes and vibrations and rings yeah. going off during mass and during adoration. So it's an act of love to God and our neighbor to actually say, you know what? I'm just gonna put this aside. This is a time for me and the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's really present. That's the thing. Like Jesus Christ is really sacramentally present. Like body, blood, soul, divinity. This is God we're talking about. Like the biggest moment of our day is whenever we're at mass and whenever we're before his presence in the blessed sacrament. And so we should have reverence for this time. Um, and, I, and I think if people would learn like tools of how to pray before the blessed sacrament, that would help people be free to like let go of the cell phone, to let go of the things that, that they might hold on to outside of prayer. All right, so a couple things you've you said so far. What do we want to do when we go to a holy hour? You want to bring the Bible. Always come with Definitely. the Word of God. You have it there. You don't always have to use it. You mentioned yeah. sometimes you might just want to listen and sit quietly in His presence. But many times you can pull open the Bible. You read a little bit. Now, would you recommend just pull out the Bible and just start reading from Genesis to <laughs> to the Gospels, or or just like just plow through a book? Or what do you mean by pull out the Bible? Like yeah, so uh, I typically encourage people to start with the Gospels, to start with Jesus's life, and so to apply the the steps of Lectio Divina, which include reading what the text says, meditating, which includes um, focusing on what the text says to me, praying, having a conversation with God about what it says to me. Um, contemplating, which is where we sit in the presence of God and gaze on his face and see gaze on our face. And he could potentially draw us to the next season of prayer, which most of us don't experience that, but some do. Um, and then potentially we can even come up with an action. Some of the saints recommend after we finish our time of prayer, we should always have a resolution after the prayer period. And that will help us to continue to be faithful to Jesus the next day going forward. Um, and so I encourage people to start with the Gospels, the life of Christ, but be open to the Holy Spirit. So we have a plan of when we go to the Blessed Sacrament of what we feel called to do. But we should always be open to the Holy Spirit telling us otherwise. Like the Holy Spirit might say, stop, go to Psalms, go to Proverbs, right? Like go to the, the letters of St. Paul, go to Genesis, right? It's, Genesis is so beautiful. Um, so we need to be always open to where the Holy Spirit might be guiding us in our relationship with the Lord and not try to control him because we can't control God. And you, you say that, so doing Lectio Divina, you're not envisioning like reading several chapters at a time. This is like no, a, a, short, passage, a, passage, a short yeah. passage at a time, right? Sometimes I, I see in chapels, people, they show up for adoration and they just have some book yeah. or a couple books and they're just reading the whole time. Yeah. Like they've turned their holy hour into study hall. Yeah. What do you think about that? So I would say, I would not call that a holy hour of adoration. I will call that reading in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. So if you want to read in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, if you feel like the Holy Spirit's inviting to do that, that's fine. 
but just don't call that Eucharistic adoration because you're not adoring the Lord, you're reading a book. And so we just have to make distinctions between actually adoring the Lord and doing other things in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, and that's a very good thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've done many times for many of the books I've written, I would say, like people say, Dr. how do you find time to, to write your books? And I'll say, well, you know, I get up really early or I stay up really late after the kids go down or I, I use times when I'm on an airplane, just, yeah. you know. Dude, but me I'll too. also go <laughs> to the chapel and yeah. I'll actually just spend time editing in the chapel or Same here. doing, you know, maybe I don't have my computer up, but I'm writing and reading a little bit about it. And I'll do that in front of the Lord. And it's a wonderful thing, but I don't count that as my prayer yeah, time. Yeah. We have to make the distinction. Yeah. You know, again, I, I want to be near my wife and you know, we can, I, I might be near her while I'm reading a book and I like being close to her. That's not I, date. I don't view that as date night. No, no. Yeah. We got to make it define, define the relationships. Right. Uh, actually this whole book, the majority of the book was written before the blessed sacrament exposed as well. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was very, um, beautiful time with the Lord of uh, just, just looking at him and like writing about my love for him and his love for me. And all so of us. we're with Father Josh Johnson, who has written a new book from Ascension Press. It's called A Pocket Guide to Adoration. It's coming out in January. You can go to ascensionpress.com to pre-order it. Again, A Pocket Guide to Adoration, ascensionpress.com. So Father, what, what would you say to motivate people that may be out there right now who have, you know, maybe they've popped into chapel before, they've heard about adoration, but it's not a part of their regular life. What would you say to inspire them to make it more a part of their daily spiritual rhythm? Yeah, I would I would encourage them to look at it in the context of the Mass, right? If we want our experience of, of worshiping God to be intensified, to long to worship Him more, um, that's going to happen in adoration. Because when we go to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, it's like, have you ever been to a good steakhouse? Yeah. And have you ever got like a really juicy, sizzling steak put on your plate before you? And you're like, get in my belly, right? Just I want like, to eat one right now. Right, dude, right, I'm describing it, it's so good. So that's what adoration does for us with the mass. If we go to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and we look at the Lord, that's he's gonna draw us to want to have more of a relationship with him than just one where we look at him and he looks at us. He's gonna draw us to want to like literally become one with him. And so adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, one of the greatest fruits of it is it helps us to long to live a life of worship of God at all times. Um, and so I think that that would be my biggest uh, motivation is that we were created for worship of God, right? Worship of him in the sacrifice of the mass. And the gift that draws us to that is is adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. And some people are going to be at a place where maybe they don't have easy access to benediction or, yeah. you know, where they actually have Jesus exposed in the Eucharist. But you'd still recommend, right? You can still go to your local church. Tabernacle. Anytime you go to the tabernacles around the world where the little yes. red candles there, Jesus is present. We want to draw near them. I often think of it this way, you know. If I, if I all of a sudden made an announcement here at the SLS conference that we have an important visitor just arrived, you know, and I just said, you know, let's say like Pope Francis is in the main auditorium right now. And he's only going to be there for the next hour. You can have an hour with Pope Francis. Everyone would just be darting out there mm -hmm. to go spend time with him. And that'd be really cool, right? Yeah. But in all of our chapels around the world, every parish has an even more important visitor. Yeah has Jesus himself. And do we have that urgency of, I want to go talk to him. I can get a private audience private. with our Lord. <laughs> FaceTime face with Jesus, right? Exactly. He's always available, right? All of our other friends are going to come and they're going to go, they're going to be passing, but he's the one relationship where he will always be there waiting for us. Uh, and there's nothing better than that, right? We all long for that relationship. We all long for a relationship that we know will stay, that we know um, will go nowhere. And we get that with him in the Eucharist. So we need to do more than the Mass. There'll be a lot of Catholics that would say, hey, I go to daily Mass. Isn't that good enough? I receive the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. The Mass is the highest form of prayer. Yeah. But oftentimes if we don't really have a daily prayer life, yeah. you know, oh, a man. daily interior life, you know, yeah. especially in Jesus' presence and mm -hmm. adoration, 
the mass, the sacraments are real graces we receive, but they're not going to bear as much fruit yes, in yes. our lives, right? There's a religious community. They, their motto is adoration leads to imitation. And so if we want to imitate Christ in our thoughts, words, and actions, if we want to like really abide in him, in the Trinity all day long, um, then the way that we do that is by spending time with them. We become like those we hang out with. So the more you hang out with your, your family, the more your family becomes like you. If you hang out with people who gossip all day long or who curse, you might begin to gossip and curse. If we hang out with Jesus Christ, we literally will become more like him in the way we think, speak, and act. And he will think, speak, and act through us because of the time that we spend with him. Um, and so a lot of times when people struggle with being virtuous um, out there in the world, um, we all, I always ask them, well, tell me about your prayer life. How much time do you spend with Jesus Christ? Um, because that will be a direct indicator of, of how they're acting out there. Yeah, it's easy to go to a conference like this, right? You're with your friends, it's a lot of fun. It's easy to listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video. It's a lot harder to actually just be faithful every day in prayer yeah. and just show up and be mm -hmm. present to Jesus. And that's what he's calling us to do. He wants us to be there. You know, I, I, an analogy, tell me what you think of this. I've often used kind of a TOB analogy about the mass and the Eucharist is, you know, like in a marriage, you know, the, the height of marital union is the, the marital embrace, yeah. marital intimacy, right? And we know from TOB that's meant to express not just physical union, but it's meant to express a more interior personal union, like a, a giving of their very hearts, their very selves to each other, right? But imagine a married couple that, you know, didn't didn't actually have conversation, you know, a husband that didn't really know his wife's heart. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, they want to go to this physical act, but it's not going to actually have, yeah. the, you know, the profound meaning, right? So you good. Know? And, ah. and, and yet, you know, isn't that true? Like in adoration, mm. what we want to do is just be with our beloved, to be with yes. the one we love, to spend time with him, to know his heart, to share your heart with him. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to mass, the mass becomes the, 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 the climax the of this, of, of ah. what, what already is, is existing heart yeah. to heart between between the man and the woman or in this case between you and your spouse jesus <laughs> I, th I thought that was an okay analogy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no dude that's awesome you just like pierced my heart <laughs> i want to go see jesus right now like jesus let's do mass again well uh, i want everyone here at seek because they're all listening on the outside at sls here that uh there is an adoration chapel there is and you want to stop by the chapel you want to stop by often don't just go to the talks don't just go hang out with friends let this conference, let Jesus write this conference on your heart. And yes. that's going to happen when you have time to pull away, process, take in the talks, take in the conversations you're having with your friends in his very presence Amen. in adoration, right? Yeah. And if you, and again, some, some other tools that you might want to take with you when you go to the adoration chapel here, if you struggle with distractions, even outside your phone, like just looking at people, then go in the front. Like literally just walk to the front of the chapel, get really close to Jesus. That way you don't have to see other people because sometimes we can focus more on other people's prayer and what we think they're experiencing than on the face of Jesus. And so like when we go to these chapels, put yourself on an airplane mode, go sit in the front, kneel in the front. Um, if you're kneeling down, which you should do like at some point, um, but you find that you're focusing too much on your knees because you're not, I guess, whatever, then like sit down. Like, God's okay with you sitting down, lie prostrate. Um, but yeah, the goal is to have this intimacy, this intimate encounter to come to know Jesus by spending time with them, not just to know about him. Like we know about him from your talk, from my talks, from our podcast. Yep. We know about him from reading books. We know about him from watching Father Mike's videos. But to know the Lord, to actually come to know him, we must spend time with him. We must sit with him. We must sit at his feet, share our heart, and we have to listen and receive his heart too. It has to be a two-way relationship. All right, last thing here. Okay. So what do you do in adoration? You know, people talk about a holy hour. Yeah. But let's say I've never Okay. I've never done a holy yes. hour. That just feels like too much. It feels like a marathon of prayer. Mm -hmm. I don't even have a daily prayer life. 
What would you recommend for people to get started with adoration? So I would say start with 15 minutes. It's just like working out. You don't want to work out for like too long when you begin. I would say start with 15 minutes and I would either apply Lexio Divina, the steps of Lexio Divina with the sacred scriptures, the word of God, picking a biblical passage, or with the, the rosary. Pick the rosary meditation from the scripture and apply Lexio Divina with that passage first. Um, read, meditate, what does it say to me? Talk to God, listen to God, look at God, sit with God, and then pray your decade. And then after you do 15 minutes consistently for about a month, maybe, then in month number two, go to 30 minutes. And then after that, if you can be consistent and faithful and intentional in your 30 minutes with the Lord, then extend to the hour. Um, and again, it's not about the time. Uh, Fulton Sheen really gave us the expression holy hour. Um, I think one of the potential dangers about that term, which I use that term all the time, is that we could become focused more on the hour than the person and the relationship, Jesus. And so we could just call it spending time with Jesus for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, or, or whatever it might be. Um, but that way we're, we're very clear on what we're doing. But I think we're about to wrap up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Father Josh Johnson. His book is A Pocket Guide to Adoration. You can find it at ascensionpress.com. How else can they learn about you, Father? Um, I have a podcast, Ask Father Josh. It comes on all the podcast formats, iTunes, etc. I have a book, Broken and Blessed, out, and uh, and this new book coming out. And then you can just pray for me as I continue to walk with the people of Holy Rosary Parish in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Excellent. Thanks so much. And thanks for listening to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. You can find out more about my work at my website, edwardsree.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I want to remind everyone out there, too, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, if you are here live at SLS, you can text All Things Catholic to 33777. So again, if you want to subscribe to the podcast and get it in each week, you can text All Things Catholic to 33777. Thanks for listening and God bless. God bless.